Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company on the cutting edge of trends. Now, let's talk tech. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Event Tech Podcast. I'm so excited for this episode. I got to introduce my co-host over here. It is the cut Brant Kruger of IDCOM. Yeah, and that gentleman over there is the spotless Will Curran of Endless Events. Ooh, I like to think I'm spotless with like how much I wash my car with spot yeah. rinseless, spotless wash. Um, <laughs> well, what's cool is we have a special guest for this week's episode, and we're going to be nerding out hardcore. Uh, this week's guest I've known for, for, for many years, but we haven't really like got a chance to actually – to, to dive deep with him on a podcast yet, which blew my mind. I was like, we're going to get you on the Event Tech podcast to talk about this. I got to introduce the Garius, which I have no idea what the hell that word means, the Garius Arthur Karakesh from You Request Live in the house today to talk about how we make live virtual events entertaining again and how do you, what's the technology that goes into You Request Live and all those things like that. So, Arthur. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I am so excited to be here, guys. I am a longtime listener, first-time guest, so this is uh, this is awesome. Um, very, very happy to be here, so thanks well, for thank having me. Thank you for me. being an awesome, loyal listener as well. So to give everyone a little bit of background, because um, we, we've talked about this offline uh, before, but for anyone who doesn't understand, like, what is You Request Live? And talk a little bit, like, once you kind of give the high-level elevator pitch what are all the technologies that kind of go into it um so people can kind of start visualizing if you haven't already yet like go check out the website watch the videos on the site because it's this is definitely something very visual experience it feels like too so arthur why don't you explain what you request live is all about sure i mean uh so the, the basic concept of it is an audience curated concert experience that is allows the audience to collectively control the outcome of the show by making requests and communicating with the band in real time, by making requests via our touchscreen kiosks, which usually go in front of the stage or around the venue, um, or by scanning a QR code and doing it from their the comfort of their mobile device, and even now playing around with some NFC technology where you can just go to different areas and just tap your phone and um, be able to engage with the entertainment. Um, so the you know the sort of the the OG version of of the band pre pandemic um, you know I came up with the idea because you know in the entertainment business representing bands for weddings and corporate events and you know in the last five ten years the ability for entertainers to put out quality content became exponentially easier putting out amazing videos. When I first started, to put out a really spectacular looking promo video to attract attention would cost tens of thousands of dollars. And six months later, would be out of date. Um, so, you know, with all this competition, and there's, you know, Toronto's uh, where I'm from, Toronto, Canada, I mean, Drake, Justin Bieber, like, you know, we have a lot of talent here in Canada. And, you know, the, the competition was just exploding. And, I was, I was looking at the competition because I was getting, oh, you know, we went with this band, we went with that band. And I was looking, you know, I took a step back and I looked at all the entertainment available and I said, well, you know, there hasn't really been a lot of innovation 
in enter in bands like since the the court jester you know medieval times um there hasn't really been that much innovation you know this this band wears blue jackets this band wears white jackets but the general repertoire and is is all the same and the clients are choosing the band based on their reputation or based on a, a promo video so at the time, I was going through this conundrum in my head. I was working with this one band that was like some of the best musicians I'd ever worked with. And people would constantly come up to them and say, hey, can you play Africa by Toto? Just like a really hard song to cover well, <laughs> right? Or like ran random stuff. And they would always just be like, oh, yeah, yeah you guys know Yaga, boom. And they'd be like right into it. And so I thought, well, what if we give the audience the ability to make requests? Um, you know, the band has a tremendous song list. Um, and so that's how the, the idea was born and like, I'm not a developer, so I didn't like create the, the, the app, but what I did do was I, you know, started to look, are there apps that can do what I need? And, um, I started browsing on the app store and, you know, doing some Google searches. And eventually I found an app that had some features that, you know, could have worked. And I was like, I'm just going to contact the de the developer. And I told him my idea and he, he loved it. He's like, let's do it. Let's build something for you. So, uh, he built out an app. We, you know, did some R and D and testing and, uh, that, that's how the idea was born. And the first time we did it, we just, we didn't even tell the client, they booked a completely different band, this band I, I'm telling you about that was taking requests from people. Um, and we just, you know, as the first song when the band comes on, we just made an announcement. Hey, guys, you know, if anyone wants to make a request, we have one single iPad sitting on the podium where people are making requests or making speeches. If you want to make a request, go to the podium. And like instantly there was a lineup, like the old folks, the young folks, everybody wanted to make a request. And so I realized, OK, we have we have something here. So we, you know, we built that out, developed it and, you know, did did really well. We, you know, toured all over Canada, the USA and now the world. And then when the pandemic hit, um, you know, I after the initial like depression that we all probably went through. Um, I snapped out of it pretty quickly as I saw like Will Curran and all these people posting about virtual events. Um, and I thought, you know, this is going to be a thing. And one huge problem that I, I see that I might be able to help solve is how are we going to entertain people and how are we going to do it, you know, well, and how are we going to do it at scale? That's, that's the biggest problem. Because, yeah, there was all these, you know, experiences or like game shows and things popping up at the beginning of the pandemic that were like on Zoom and required that sort of two-way communication with the audience. But when you have 5,000 people or 10,000 people, how do you get that engagement? How do you get that interactivity? And so I realized that, well, we can just do what we've always done. But instead of people being in person and, you know, scanning or, you know, browsing our, our kiosk, they can scan a QR code, do it from the comfort of their own home. So with that, you know, we started to push virtual events and, um, you know, there was a lot to learn. Like I'd never live streamed an event in my life. Um, and so, you know, we started off very simply like StreamYard, then OBS, then vMix, and just the, you know, the studio just kept growing and growing and growing. As you guys know, it's just an addiction. Once you start, it's just, you can't, that, that you can't stop. And, 
and so what are you talking about <laughs> i spent no money those, over the course of the last of the, two years <laughs> those were some of the like the technologies we were using to like make a make a difference in our production value um but then i also you know that was great but as the pandemic went on and you know gamification and all this kind of stuff i, I thought there's another way that we can that we can use the band that's actually even more engaging this is just sort of a quick evolution but we decided to do a more choose your own adventure style show where the audience is not just because you know not the problem but you know the the interactivity with the song requests is that people make a bunch of requests at the beginning of the show and then they sit back and watch it right um whereas with the choose your own adventure option it was like okay audience what decade is your jam and they vote and in real time we show the results 80s 90s 2000s 70s 60s whatever it is and as the results are coming in like let's say 90s 80 percent of the people want to hear 90s that's their jam so then we launch another poll again showing the results in real time like a sort of you know game show if you will um and based on the results we give them here are the songs from the 90s now vote on those and the band plays them instantly and then every couple minutes they're making a choice who should take a solo right now guitar keyboards oh, drums which era do you want to go to what era is your jam you know um which song should we what epic song should we end the night with you know purple rain or you know give them a bunch of options um so that really kind of boosted the engagement and again I didn't invent the technology. I just found tech, a sort of tech stack that I could, you know, merge together that would work. There's lots of polling, um, you know, apps and Slido and Kahoot. And there's all these different gamification things you can do. I happened to land on one I found that was based out of Sweden. And again, I contacted the developer and I became a sort of beta tester and, you know, suggested some some um, features that eventually made it made it in that would serve my use case um and and so those, those are the technologies and then you know the next step for me was you know taking it taking the virtual world to a whole other level using unreal engine and and unity based softwares and platforms which would allow us to put the band into an entirely three-dimensional environment that's like completely photorealistic I would say, okay, 98% photorealistic, uh, depending on <laughs> the, the, the training of your eye. Um, but looks really, really cool and, you know, can be done with one camera. I mean, you can get fancy with, you know, tracking and, and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, we're trying to keep it also affordable for clients. Um, you know, we're not going on a huge, like, XR stage or something like that. But we're using green screen technology, um, keying out you know, the background and putting the band into um, a 3D environment. And then, uh, you know, for example, we've done stuff on like Zoom, an event on Zoom. We're broadcasting to Zoom, but we have the band is in, in this environment. People are engaging with it. And we even bring on the Zoom participants into the environment, like on screens with the band. So they can look up at the screen and have a conversation with people in the audience. Um, so that's... Sort of the quick and dirty. <laughs> That's amazing. Quick that oh, was, good but. explanation. Oh my <laughs> gosh! Yeah. Thanks everybody yeah. for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, I'm just teasing. It's fascinating, Arthur. It's it's amazing stuff. I'm always a big fan 
of innovation that comes from using basically off-the-shelf technology. It's one of the things that I've always loved about a lot of the work that the Disney Imagineers do is they take the stuff that already exists and then they do things that you've never thought of before. And so it was it was fascinating to me over the course of the dark years uh, there watching creatives deal with lockdowns and things like that. And I think, honestly, some of the most effective work that I'd seen was being done by musicians, by folks, you know, figuring out how to do multicam, you know, concerts in their house while social distancing. I I forget which band it was, but they literally had, you know, a person set up in each room of the house um, and were, you know, were mixing between the two and then mixing it out live. And, and doing a live show that way. And so really seeing how creative folks creatively dealt with, you know, being locked down and finding ways to overcome those challenges. And now I would imagine as, you know, we're returning back to in-person events, all of that technology is now heavily influencing your return to, to live, to, to being in person? And how, how is what you learned during the pandemic starting to affect your live performances? Well, I mean, in a, like greatly. <laughs> I mean, the, we're, we're doing, you were still doing yeah. virtual events, but now, um, and, you know, I, I, I sort of am, careful about using the word hybrid but we are legitimately doing hybrid events where we have you know large fairly large groups of people in multiple cities um where we are not even there we are coming coming completely virtually there's no live element to it um so that's that's really interesting because you have it's a different dynamic when you have a whole group of people watching versus just like individuals watching. Um, and what does that, what does that look like all, for know, the in-person audiences? Is that, is it like on a, on a big, you know, a big screen? Big or, ass yeah, screen. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. With a kick, kick butt sound system. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I remember, I remember, you know, years ago I saw this um, and there's even a company here in Toronto. I don't know if, if it's so prevalent in the States, but there was this like sort of like server you could buy with musicians pre-recorded in these like really cool environments and you just put up these like four led screens like vertical led screens and they're just like playing in the background so you don't have to hire a band right you just have all this pre-canned content um and you know i I saw that going back years ago and so like we're able to do that but on a whole different level um because we're able to you know, connect with the audience in real time. And, you know, one of the couple of the, the nice features when we're doing even just the song requests is when people leave a message or people make a request, they can leave their name, they can leave a message. The band has, you know, multiple monitors in front of them, some that are just m- monitoring the chat on the, of the event so they can engage with people what they're saying in the chat. But then they can also, they get the the notifications of all the messages and names. This song is associated with these people. And, they, you know, Barbara in accounting says, you know, just, hey, want to send a team out to, you know, a, a shout out to the team in Chicago. And so the band sends that message over. Um, so it going back, you know, going back, coming back to live, I think we're 
in a stronger position than ever because we have this sort of dual ability to engage, you know, different audiences simultaneously for those that are actually brave enough to do that. Um, but it, with us, it seems to it seems to work quite well that you get the, you get good engagement from the in-person audience. Um, one thing I've always wanted to do, I just never had anyone willing to try it, is to actually run both versions of the band simultaneously. One for the the virtual audience, where they're polling them and they're doing a sort of choose your own adventure thing, and then we're also doing the song requests for the in-person audience. We're using the kiosks and um, kind of flipping back and forth, but oh, that's dope. you know, I have lots of ideas, but you know, some of the best ideas that I've gotten um, have been from, from the clients who are using it and how, how they want to use it. And one of the best examples of that is early on, one of our first big gigs was like for a, for a pharmaceutical company. It was like an hour before guests were arriving before doors were opening and the organizer came up to me and said, Hey, you know, we're busing everybody into the event from the hotel and we're using this app where they have the speakers and bios and they can send push notifications and so they said could we send a push notification while they're on the bus so they can start making requests oh, wow. i was like yeah yeah i totally you could do that that's a brilliant like a brilliant idea and that actually became a huge selling feature for us um, to be able to engage the audience before they even arrive, you know, gets people chatting on the bus. Like, hey, what song did you request? What song did you request? Um, we literally had thousands of requests before the doors opened, before people came in. And they were just so excited when, the, when those doors opened that it was just right to the dance floor. Um, and uh, so, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, that's sort of how, um, you know, we, we've we haven't really tried to prepare for the return to in person. It's just sort of been this organic um, process, which, you know, at the end of this pandemic, we've, because of the experimentation and, um, you know, everything we've done, we, we've positioned ourselves in a, in a pretty good place. And that, you know, if another pandemic did hit, God forbid, knock on wood, another variant or, you know, another pivot should happen. We'll be, <laughs> we'll be in a much better place than we were at the beginning of the pandemic. Um, it was so, it was so rough. In fact, that I applied for a job at endless <laughs> events. So there you I'm glad wow, you didn't. That's really Well, it's funny. It's like, so just a real quick aside. I'm glad that you didn't because like this innovation, I think is so cool and the industry needed it more than we probably needed you as an, uh, wanted you as an employee. So I'm glad you did because this is freaking awesome. Yeah. Likewise. <laughs> Thank you. So, Thank you. Just want to make sure everyone knows that like, hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, of the things, one of the things that I want to just touch on real quick that you said early on there is, you know, one of the things that we emphasize all the time on this program and elsewhere is this idea of really knowing your audience and just, you know, over the course of my career, the number of times where they're like, oh yeah, our people are way into classic rock. They're so into it. And like, so that's, and then they, you know, in the, in the weeks prepping the band, they're like classic rock, classic rock, classic rock. And then you get there and they're like, oh, can't you play anything a little more, you know, modern. <laughs> and so, you know, so knowing, having that opportunity to really and truly you know, ask your audience and poll your audience, what's your jam, 80s, 90s, 2000s, rather than just guessing or assuming that you know what they're going to do, I think is is a, a next level uh, importance. 
I think that's actually a really good point because, you know, we've actually collected data on the songs that are being requested. And, you know, there is, there is actually a, um, a sort of unspoken repertoire amongst event Mm -hmm. bands, (laughs) uh, which includes certain songs such as like, you know, just as an example, this is just a handful off the top of my head, but like Billie Jean, don't stop um, believing. Celebration. <laughs> Don't stop believing is a very highly requested song. So I'm, I'm not, yep. that one's not on this list. That one's not on this list. Um, you talk uh, about songs that are assumed oh, to be songs that are assumed. Treasure by oh. Treasure by Bruno assumed Mars. Assumed to be popular, but aren't actually these, popular. Superstition by Stevie oh. Wonder. All these songs that are like staple oh, okay. songs that we have in our list that nobody ever requests we've never got i think more than maybe one request we've, we, we have i checked over almost forty thousand requests to date um very few for billy jean that's not a song people want to hear okay number one requested song dancing queen <laughs> yep i can see it i can see it. dancing queen by abba number you one get requested silly song. that song for sure Thousands of requests for ABBA, so that 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 was interesting because you know there is this unspoken, sure. um, you know, to your point, you know, people don't actually, if given the choice, they don't want to hear a lot of the songs that have just become sort of part of the songbook for corporate band. Event yeah. Yes, yeah, exactly. People don't just give them the choice, so we try to get interesting with the songs, and we and we experiment with adding in songs to see if people re- will request them. Um, and because we want to, you know, we want to keep it engaging. We want to, you know, play the music that people actually want to hear. So if something doesn't get a lot of requests, it gets out of the list. Well, I think that, like, let's talk about, like, long-term implications of strategy with this within the industry, too, is that, you know, like, one of the reasons why I got out of DJing was when people, and I've, I think I told you this story before, Arthur, is, like, I want to stop DJing because people kept coming up with requests, and I'm like, what the hell is the name of the song? And I think because like the Spotify, like you can get music so quickly and experiment and it be reach so many different that the splintering between like people's desires, it's really hard to have like a mass culture. Like this song is super popular. Like I can't believe there's still like that. There is still a lot of songs that still like have that like cultural, um, you know, significance, but like, man, as people start to have more and more nicheification of their own tastes, like I feel like, the ability to take requests has become so important. So you actually know what they're looking for because yeah, like you, you, you think to yourself, Oh yeah. Like everybody loves this song. It's gonna be huge. But then you come in and realize like, Oh no, there's this other song that now is super popular because it was on a TikTok video or whatever it may be. So I I think that like, that's why this is also going to become really important. I was just thinking about that now moving forward is how do we, yeah, DJs absolutely hate taking oh, Yeah, for sure. And, and because, <laughs> you know, the, the problem with that is that they come up to you with the phone and they're just plugging this in. God, right? the you, can just, jack, you can just though, do that. Sure. <laughs> yeah. People, people are, are a little bit more, you know, can't do that with yep. the band. And with us, we're giving them, they can't just choose any song in the world. We've curated a serious list of party smashers, right? Songs that are going to, are yeah. going to hit yeah. either way. Yeah. Right. Um, so they can't, you know, choose something that's that's inappropriate or that's going to totally tank. Um, and you know, the band has the ability to sort of manipulate the the cue if if like going from X song to Z song just 
is too jarring, they'll throw something yeah, in the middle, right? From shoes. from lower in the queue to transition it nicely because it's, it's still musical too. Um, so yeah, you know, what's, what's what's interesting to me is this is not only manipulating the order, but then because you're dealing with data, like you were just talking about a moment ago, you can then, if you start to see something rise, you can react to it. So like you're, you're active, you're able to then start to, oh, we didn't even think about that song. Oh, that, but it's like starting to, you know, come in and come in and come in. So I imagine that there was some learning on the fly as you built your, your bangers list, uh, as you describe it. But, uh, but also as you start to get out and roll this thing out, you're like, oh yeah, that one. Cause that's, for me, that happens with music all the time where like, you just kind of forget about a song and then you're like, oh yeah. So I have to imagine as corporate bands are sitting around going, what do we want to add? What do we want to do with our inventory? If you're not coming from a data standpoint, you're just guessing at that point. Well, they have, they have no way to collect feedback, right, from their audience. Like we, our app has a chat function. So if someone doesn't see a song on the list that they want to hear, they're 100% going to that chat and saying, play this crazy death metal song that nobody wants to hear, right? <laughs> but, but they also sometimes we'll, we'll suggest good songs, right? So we have that feedback there to the week after the event, we can go back and say, hey, look, 10 people wanted to hear this new like Britney Spears song or whatever. So we got to add that nice. to the list. Um, so we have some, some way of, of collecting, collecting the feedback. Well, it's interesting too. And I want to say, Arthur, when I first heard about you request live, someone used this analogy that like when you when you were designing entertainment for your event, you had these kind of choices. You had the flexibility of a DJ who can play lots of different things and take requests or you get the classical performance, the engaging performance of a band. And you had to choose either one. And this has kind of been like the hybridization of both those. There's an actual good use of the word hybrid, by the way. Um, <laughs> the hybridization of this allows it because the band can't take requests. Like, imagine the lead singer being up there and like talking to an attendee. Like, all of a sudden, you as everyone's going like, just stop talking to him. Blakey, play music. You know, like this allows that performance to continue and flow. And you know, one thing I think I've learned is like the chat is just like such an amazing tool. It's great to hear that you guys are putting it in front of people. And Brandon and I have talked about this, like as far as how can you make a better hybrid events and. Be be a better virtual presenter but like if you can see a chat and um, like I've, I've i've seen this in your demo videos you also do like shout outs midway through the song so imagine like everyone's like get the ceo on the dance floor right now blah blah and like the singer can then weave that into the lyrics of the song like this is just creating like such a highly engaging customized experience that it forces you to want to stay to watch this all unfold. Whereas like we've all seen a corporate band a million times. We've seen a DJ a million times. We know that if we leave, we're not really going to miss anything. But this you might miss a totally custom performance that's like evolving live as you go along. Gets my mind. Yeah, chugging we definitely as well. for our for our virtual events. I mean, because we again we see the data of how how long people stay on for the events. And it's, it's very high. It's like in the high nineties, uh, in terms of like the engagement. Yeah. So, so how can someone who, so I think like how virtual events have started to shift, um, throw you a little bit of a curveball of a question as a virtual events have yeah. started kind of shifting, like, right. They've gone from being these like three hour long, like mega events to like, it's returning a lot to the format of like webinars and like you have an hour, you have the attendees for an hour. How can we make this quick and efficient as possible? How are you guys thinking about doing entertainment in a time where, you know, people don't want to stay in front of their devices as long as they did during the pandemic? 
That's a good question. I mean, when we do the show virtually, it's a 45 minute to one hour show, um, which is gives enough time for us to sort of cycle through enough of people's choices and to give enough engagement. Um, we have done it where it was a 15 minute sort of high, like just energy break. Um, the client saw the value in it, but just being perfectly honest, like that's an expensive 15 yeah. minute break. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's the challenge. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thought has crossed my mind as we start to, um, and, and even in sort of discussions with Will previously, just sort of sparked some ideas potentially of sort of marrying that previous idea I had of the pre-recorded musicians with what we're doing and have pre-recorded a lot of the material we already have and giving the audience the ability to do what they do, but there's just someone pushing the buttons going, okay, they requested this song, boom send the pre-recorded version, boom, right? So we can do that, you know, it cost effectively and in a short amount of time, right? It's like a simulive um, kind of uh, performance. Simulive, exactly, yeah. I mean, it's an idea I'm playing around with, um, but, you know, for now, I'm, I'm uh, you know, we're, we're trying to tell people, like, if you want to give people a virtual experience unlike they've ever ex experienced, because most virtual events are just talking heads that we're used to and they're done eh, kind of like not that great right um so to have a like highly engaging like family friendly where you can call the kids in your wife you can sit down have a glass of wine and um do something that's you know highly personalized and super fun um 45 minutes to an hour is you know most people like i said our our engagement is is really really high people don't usually log off until the end of the show um so but yeah i mean it's it's food for thought you know as as attention spans uh dwindle um but i think we're we're, we're bite-sized enough you know at a one hour thing and, and we're often a sort of standalone event where we're not being it's not at the end of a five or four hour event it's like we've done the events you know we've done the content now this is the celebration um i was thinking about like an idea that may and please steal this idea if it's a good idea i don't know if it's not but like what i will if it's good what I'm if gonna it's steal like it. also like an integration into the content itself too like you open up with telling everyone before the event do the request like you're talking almost like the bus lead up moment and then they play an opening yeah. song ceo gets on makes a point for five minutes banta and plays a song then we've uh, 100% like, that done feels that. like, oh my gosh, talk about engaging yeah. virtual event. You're like mixing these multimedias. And if, <laughs> if you're still doing the requests throughout it, like I feel like that could be like super duper powerful too. Where my head went, my, yeah, my head went was the walk up music. Like, that. like you could choose. Yeah, so like, oh, so the executive, so you get to choose the CEO's walk up music. And if it's, you know, <laughs> come on, baby, hit me one more time, that's what it's going to be. Like you'd have to have the right executive team to sign off on it. But that's what, you know, that's I think a great that would be a idea, lot of fun. actually, Brent. I could totally see that at an award <laughs> yes. show yeah. where it's like, because we've done an award show where we're just doing walk ons yeah. and walk offs. And I've actually spent a lot of time thinking of like the the best walk-ons and walk-offs. We did this one like random award show where it was like the best dentist in Toronto, the best chiropractor, the best. So like, you know, 
came up with some really funny song choices, but it would be cool to just allow the audience to say, you know, as they're announcing the award, pick the song. The yeah, here's the next song coming up, up is the uh, the bet the the largest like X Y Z or something like that, and yeah. Oh God, that's such a good idea. Yeah, there's <laughs> lots, of, lots, lots of things. And the like other that. feature that right. um, the other feature that that we that we built for it, but we just haven't found the right client for. Uh, I don't know why, but is the ability to gate the requests with a uh, donation. Oh. So for a charity or fundraiser, if you want to make a request. You have to make a donation. You can make whichever one gets most donations. One hundred dollars. I envisioned it almost as in the band's just standing there and like we're not playing until we get a request. Yeah, yeah. Even right? if it's five bucks, and then people yeah. start you know bidding and outbidding each other. Um, I can see people throwing because you know, people that's sometimes what... just bid because they want to be the winner, right? Like, and like exactly. this is like want I want my song. And, exactly. I want this song played. I'm like, okay, here's a thousand bucks. Oh my god, a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's brilliant. Okay, like for all our nonprofit clients listening to this, yeah, right? Our band listeners, like you just sure. have to do this. Like yep. I'm literally imagining. I I don't like to bid on like items and stuff because I don't need more. I don't feel the need to have more things. But like getting to do that experience feels like something I could just legitimately put money towards. And the the margin feels like it would be really high. Like versus like sometimes you have to get these items from people and donate them, or sometimes even buy them and then put these up. But like. You, they hire you guys, and you guys are going to be doing the the party at the end, anyways. Like, boom! Oh, yes, yeah, brilliant. Exactly. Yeah, so many ideas, so many ideas. Uh, but uh, you know, my my next thing now is I've, I've been I've been thinking about like, okay, we're like maybe a couple years away from AR glasses, yeah. right? How are we going to elevate the show using augmented reality? Yeah, you know that's sort of like literally what I'm thinking about, um, but we'll Keep see. It in the back you know, pocket. It's still it's still early. It's still early, but uh, I could definitely see if I was just if I was just wearing these to a show and they were augmented reality. I mean, the possibilities are just endless, yeah, totally, right? Totally. Like. Like yeah, like yeah. getting to see the actual request because I mean, like that—that's also the part of the exciting thing too. Is like, I, I, we I, we talk a lot about. It. Sometimes people have this effect where they just want to see their name on a screen. It's like that like idea. Why why do baseball games still do it where you can they put up an Instagram post on screen? Like you think that would be such a dead idea, but people love it. They oh that's me, that's me, you know, and all these things like that, and that can like really drive engagement. Like. Uh, like I think you kind of see this effect why like StreamYard is a little bit more successful than sometimes traditional webinar software is because you can put the comment on the screen and obviously you're going to get like a shout out and things like that usually part of it. But like sometimes just like you look at Twitch streams now, they just the Twitch streamer puts the, the chat embedded on it and it's literally the chats to the, to the right enemies. You can see it's actually faster, but yeah. for some reason like it creates a psychological effect of feeding into it like my message, my message, I want to engage, I want to engage, I want to engage. So, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. Well, we've given you some ideas. You've given <laughs> us a lot of ideas. Um, where can folks follow you and find out more about what you guys are doing? Well, we're on, you know, all the the platforms you'd expect us to be on. Uh, we're, you know, you request live on Instagram. It's just letter Facebook, you. Letter you. Our, the letter you request one word live. And that is our website. It's literally, there's no WW or anything. It's just you request dot 
live. You request dot live, um, and then you can find me um, on LinkedIn. Uh, Arthur Karekis is how you spell it, but it's pronounced Karekesh. It's a silent H. <laughs> so silent, it's not even there. <laughs> I love it, Arthur. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Like it's been just such a pleasure getting a nerd out uh, with us talking about entertainment to the yeah, future and what this guys. looks like and. Um, to our audience, thank you so much for listening as well. If you have ideas or thoughts and this got your brain churning as much as Brent and I have, make sure you shoot us an email, eventtechpodcast at helloendless.com. Uh, and last but not least, Brent, thanks so much for always co-hosting with me as well. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. Always. All right. Well, let's get out of here because uh, I, I'm feeling very energized after this conversation. I think I need to go do a bunch of push-ups because I'm so just... I'm, I'm jacked. <laughs> so, all right, guys, have a great day and everyone enjoy your entertainment for today. All right. I'm going to stop talking. Everybody have a great day and we'll see you next time on Vent Tech Podcast. Vent Tech out. Vent Tech out. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or let us know about some event tech we need to talk about. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.